0: On today's Locked on Thunder podcast, the Thunder have improved this offseason. Let's take a look at this roster, including roster cuts, and also how the additions make this team better. All coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. You can even text the show, 405-963-3686. On today's show, we're diving into the roster additions that the Thunder have made and giving you our final roster prediction ahead of training camp next week who can work their way off the bubble with a strong camp and what these additions this summer mean for the thunder today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook the official sportsbook of Locked make every moment more right now new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets back guaranteed visit FanDuel.com slash to get started folks Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Every single morning, every single day, we're here for you. Talking Thunder Basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. And let's dive into it. So if you're just joining us again, you know, for OSU fans, your season is over, sadly. OU fans, still a lot to play for. But uh, if you're just joining us back as Media Day is right around the corner on Monday, Sam will talk this week as well. Um, So... We're back. We're back. It's training camp, and it's time for the NBA season again. Here's how the Thunder roster stands heading into camp. It'll be SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, J-Dub, Chet Holmgren, Kaysen Wallace, Kenny Hustle, Mitchich, Isaiah Joe, Jay will Aaron Liggins, Usman Jang, Pokashevsky, Trey Mann, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Dallas Bretons, Victor Oladipo, Jack White, Lindy Waters, Keontae Johnson, and Olivier Saar, all three of those names are on two-way contracts. So that means that your newcomers to this team are Visele Mistic, Dallas Bretons, Victor LaDipo, Jack White, Kaysen Wallace, Keontae Johnson, and you can kind of throw in uh, Chet Holmgren. He's obviously been on the roster, but this will be his debut season on the hardwood. So he is kind of like a new addition by the fact that he hasn't played yet for the Thunder. So let's go one by one and talk about these new names. If you're, again, if you're just hopping back into basketball content and don't really know where the Thunder stand, this show is for you. Plus, we're going to, if you stick around, we're going to give you the um, roster projection heading into media day, uh, which coincides, of course, with the start of training camp. And then we'll do another one at about midway point of training camp. And then we'll get our actual answer from the Thunder of what's going to happen with this roster. So a lot to dive into. And a lot of news coming down the pipe, but the newcomers. Let's start with Casein Wallace. Casein Wallace is yet another lottery pick added to the fold. Picked tenth overall, the Thunder traded up to get him from twelve to ten. They they took on the Dallas Purton's contract to do so. Casein Wallace, Kentucky guard. So automatically, you you get a boost in terms of your perception being a Kentucky guard because we've seen we've seen the run that Kentucky has had of guards into the NBA. But at Kentucky, this was a weird season for Casey Wallace. He shot 40% from three from game number one in early November till the first day of February, he shot 40% from three. And then he had some back issues, injury issues, and his three-point shot leveled off at about 35%. But he showed for a pretty long stretch, all of non-conference play and about a quarter of midway through through conference play, he was shooting 40% from three. He showed elite defensive potential, elite in the passing lanes, elite on and off the ball. He can switch one through three very comfortably. And in a pinch, I think that he could, could defend the four against certain matchups. And again, in a pinch, not something you want to do 24-7, but it is an, an option available to you. He's a scrappy guy. He's going to play very, very hard for the Thunder and just kind of die for every loose ball and do all the things that that you – uh, love in Oklahoma City in your basketball players look at the players that Thunder fans gravitate toward it's going to be Cason Wallace right up there of names that fans will just fall in love with very quickly uh, this season because of what he, because of his style of play and what he brings to the table and then offensively 0.8 points per possession in the pick and roll really good pick and roll ball handler he was good in isolation he was incredibly good at at relocating off ball. Whenever he was playing that off ball role offensively, he could use screens effectively. Uh, he he could move on the court and free himself into into open spots on the court uh, to set up good looks. And I believe in his ability to cut. Now he didn't really do it at Kentucky. I think he had like two cutting attempts all year, according to Synergy. But uh, I think he can do it. I think he's a skill set to cut with with what the Thunder are going to ask him to do this year. And where the weird year comes in for him is that at Kentucky, he played on the ball as a, as a guard and played off the ball as a guard and they dealt with injuries. And so his role was constantly changing and constantly evolving. And he also dealt with injuries at Kentucky and played through some of them. He shot 35% on catch and shoot opportunities and shot 64% at the rim. So if you can get that percentage at the rim, boost it up, if you can uh, cash in those catch and shoot looks along with defense then you can see where Mark is really going to fall for Kason, and they're going to play him a lot because you know, they really care about defense. And if he's a guy that can can make you pay on these driving kicks and help your three point shooting, that's going to help him a long way too offensively. So I'm excited about Kason Wallace. I think that Kason Wallace has the chance to even as a rookie play pretty significant minutes and you know take advantage of this young fun team and really complement this core of players. So Kason Wallace, top ten pick. Uh, there's a ton of podcasts already out on this channel about Case and Wallace. You can go back and listen to for more deep dive information on him, like his profile and projection, like the draft recap podcast and recapping his summer league, which was pretty good for Casey Wallace. But moving on to Vasily Mitchich, who was another off season edition for the Thunder. So Micic is a two-time EuroLeague MVP, a two-time EuroLeague champion. The Thunder acquired him all the way back in the Horford trade from Philadelphia. Uh, and there's, been three summers of flirting and, and and talking about coming over to the to the NBA, but this year Micic actually made the leap and joined the Thunder, uh, signing a multi-year contract. He's a 29-year-old rookie, and he was excellent in points per possession in the pick and roll, 1.167. He was great as a spot-up shooter, 1.130 points per possession, really good in transition, really good coming off screens, and like Casey Wallace, here's the kicker. Not only was he incredible at 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 handling the pick and roll, and where I think that that Michich helps this Thunder team out a lot is organizing that secondary group. Last year, if they weren't staggering Giddy and Shea, the secondary group really lacked some organization, lacked some some ball handling, and lacked organization. You know, just lacked overall flow to their secondary unit. Mitchich comes in and he's and he can run that pick and roll, but he can also cash-in off-ball, shooting 45% on catch-and-shoot, and, shoot and it looks. He shot 61% at the rim. So here's a guy who can be your lead playmaker and take pressure off the second unit and take pressure off of you staggering Shea and, 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 and Giddy every time to where they can play more together uh, if that ends up being one of the better looks that you have. So uh, I think that Mitch is adding to this team is a big deal, and I want to see kind of how he looks. And I understand that you, that you mostly want to wait and see on guys like Michich who come over from, from the Euro leagues and see how they translate. But to me, the things that Michich provides is not overly dependent on, for example, just out-athleting people to where then I'd be concerned of like, okay, you're going now, you're transitioning now into a better group of athletes. To me, what Michich does, you can do at every level against every competition. It's it's just this kind of crafty, savvy, smart decision-maker, uh, good with the ball. He is athletic himself, but that's not the driving force of his game. He can abuse the pick and roll. He can he can make open shots. Uh, I, I think that those things translate. Those things translate with ease. And so as a 29-year-old rookie, he'll of course be mature and be able to handle uh, whatever the defense throws at him. He's seen a lot. He's experienced a lot. Uh, he's played in huge games. He's played against really good competition. And I think that he will translate to this level of basketball without really any concerns on my part. Now we'll see if that comes true, Uh, but getting a guy who can, who if you want to, you can just toss him the keys and let him run that bench unit, I think boosts this Thunder team's ceiling a whole lot. He's a pass the baton kind of player where you just, you know, you have your starters go out there and whatever they do, he can pick right up. You know, if they need a spark and to get back into a game, he's a guy who could lead you back into a game if you get down early. If you want to sustain a lead or even grow a lead, he's a guy that can lead you in doing that. So uh, he's a great option for you as a secondary point guard on this team. So I'm excited about those those two additions, uh, first and foremost. Coming up, let's talk about Chet Holmgren and the other additions on this team. But first, I want to say right now, the Better Good Friends over at FanDuel. Folks, FanDuel's great, and you should go there right now to FanDuel.com slash lockdown. And when you do, you can bet on everything from MLB to the WNBA playoffs to the NFL, and you can even bet on basketball. So if you want to do the NFL, you can bet on the Thursday night game. The Packers at home are one and a half point dogs. So if you believe in Jordan Love, you can go bet on the Packers to beat the Lions at home on Thursday Night Football. But if the NBA is your speed and that's kind of all you care about, you can already bet on the opening night games. The Lakers are five-and-a-half-point dogs on the road in Denver to start the season. You can also bet on who you think will win the NBA Finals, who you think will win the awards, such as MVP. In fact, right now, Shea is only behind Curry, Embiid, Tatum, Doncic, Antetokounmpo, and Jokic for the MVP award at plus 1600. So you can bet on that. Mark is the leader for coach of the year. And Chet Holmgren is second uh, in rookie of the year odds on FanDuel. So you can go place your bets on all of that at finner.com slash lockdown. And whenever you go there right now, you can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. If you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets guaranteed win or lose If you place a $5 bet, if you're a new customer that uses code locked on by going to fanduelcom slash locked on Fandle.com slash locked on. We're back on lockdown thunder podcast, on lockdown podcast network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking thunder basketball folks. The Thunder have added a lot to this team. Chet Holmgren is one of those additions. He is the highest draft pick of this rebuild. Second overall in 2022. He was out all of last year with a Liz Frank fracture. Now he's able to make his debut. And in a week from Monday, you'll see him play a preseason game. And potentially play against Victor Omanyama. I hope that the Spurs send him up and play in that preseason game. We'll see if that actually comes true as we get more details at media day and training camp and everything else. But what does Chet Holmgren provide? On paper, Chet Holmgren fills a lot of the of the needs that this Thunder team had last year, a lot of the holes that they had last year. The Thunder had a 16-win improvement last year, and they needed a boost as a shooting team. Chet has shot 40% at pretty much every level of his career, including college from three point land. They needed needed a huge boost in rim protection. Chet Holmgren is a generational shot blocker and rim protector. Chet Holmgren by his sure size and toughness and his, and his willingness to mix it up on the glass will improve this team rebound wise. So all three of the major issues with this team last year, Chet Holmgren comes in and has the ability to, to pitch in and to help. Now, That is not to say that Chet Holmgren makes this team a perfect team next year, but it is to say that he makes them better. He's a seven footer who can dominate in the pick and roll. And also with his, you know, shooting prowess can be a pick and pop guy. He dominates in transition. He's a really good cutter. And I think that you saw in summer league, two things. Number one, you saw that his best attributes were highlighted, highlighted the best. And he, and he played the best at center defensively. Number two, You also saw the respect that he has, you know, these guys do a ton of scouting. Even in in the, even in the summer league, you're trying to make a good impression. You're trying to win a job, et cetera, et cetera. You know who Chet Holmgren is second overall pick in 2022. You know what he's good at. And the amount of times that you watch Chet Holmgren in summer league and the guys are over pursuing him flying by him on pump fakes at the three point line and allowing him to dribble in and get easy shots is just absurd. And, but if you don't over-pursue him, he'll make you pay by cashing in a three. And so that bends the defense and it stresses the defense. And so when you couple him with Josh with Josh Giddey, who's an elite playmaker, when you couple him with SGA, who's a 30-point-per-game score, you can see how the defense is quickly getting stre- stretched thin. And, oh, yeah, you have Jalen Williams, who's a top-tier decision-maker and an efficient score. So you can see how the defense is now put in a position where you have to pick your poison, you have to – uh at times, just just have lapses. It's going to happen facing this Thunder offense. And so Chet Holmgren adds a ton to this Thunder team. And we talked all yesterday about how he's a center. So if you want to hear about his position, go back and listen to Monday's podcast. Uh, But for this segment, let's talk about the injury concerns. I'm not an injury concern guy. Find me the injury that happens purely because he's skinny. There is no injury on the face of the earth that has happened to a player because he's too skinny. This fan fiction idea that someone will get the ball in the post on the low block, turn his shoulder, lower his shoulder, accelerate through Chet Holmgren, and he goes flying into the fifth row and, and evacuates into the air, that fan fiction idea just does not happen. It's never happened. It's never going to happen. The injury where he, that he suffered in the Liz Frank fracture against LeBron James, when you watch the injury, it had nothing to do with LeBron James. That could have been you or I going to the basket, it wouldn't have mattered. It was a freak wet floor where he kind of went too far over his feet. That whole thing has been documented very well. There is no injury that happens because you're tall and skinny. You're just not going to get bullied into an injury. So I say that to say this. If Chet Holmgren gets hurt again, it'll just be because he got hurt again. It's not going to be because he's skinny. Right? Like some players are injury prone. Some players are not injury prone and you know what we all do as a, as a, as a basketball and sports fandom, we play the results. If Chet Holmgren keeps getting hurt, we'll say, Oh, we knew it. It was was because he's too skinny. If he never gets hurt again, it won't be mentioned ever again. That's how it's going to go. We've seen builds like his have long, healthy, successful careers with, with little to no injury issues. We've seen builds like his, him have a lot of injuries. There's nothing inherently about being a skinny that's going to make him get injured. There's freak accidents. There are injuries that can happen to any player, no matter your shape or your size or whatever. Take, for example, Pokushevsky. Pokushevsky gets hurt again last week. What was the first reaction from most people? Tall, skinny white kid, what are you going to do? You want to know how Poku got hurt? He went up for a block, landed on the guy's foot, rolled his ankle. Has the same ankle injury. Uh, just based on the timetable that Jeremiah Robinson Earl did. And Jeremiah Robinson Earl rolled his ankle, told us it was a gray three three ankle sprain and was out six to eight weeks uh, in Dallas. You know, No one's accusing Jeremiah Robinson Earl of being skinny, white, too tall, or anything else. So that's the bottom line. We are going to, any injury that, that Chet Holmgren gets, hangnail, a rolled ankle, a headache, whatever he gets, we're going to blame him being too skinny. Like we're going to say, oh, it's because he's too skinny. But Hoku is a living, breathing example of he didn't roll his ankle because he was too skinny. He didn't break his arm because he was too skinny. He didn't break his leg because he was too skinny. He just got hurt the way every player in the NBA ever has gotten hurt. But it's an easy narrative to go with. So I'm not an injury concern guy because frankly, you can't predict injuries. You just don't know. You have no idea if a guy will get hurt or not. They either do or they don't. And like I said, if Chet gets hurt, people will say, oh, I told you he's injury prone. If Chet doesn't get hurt, no one's going to say, ah, I was wrong about that. They're just going to move on. And so we'll see. But to me, no matter the position he plays and no matter, um, you know, kind of whatever happens, it's not going to be because he it's not going to, you know, because he's injury, injury prone because he's skinny. So, for example, this idea that if he plays the four, he's not going to get hurt makes no sense. Being at the four doesn't gain him 150 pounds. Being at the four, he's still going to be this tall, skinny guy. And it's not as though we're playing upwards basketball, right? Where you've got to guard your wristband color. In this hypothetical universe where Joel Embiid has the power in his bones to just break Chet Holmgren, he's not going to go go down the floor, post up at the elbow and say, oh, wait, Chet, look at this. I've got an orange wristband. You've got a green one. You can't guard me and I can't, I can't punish you. Like, no, he's going to, no matter what position he plays in the, in this hypothetical universe, he's going to guard bigger guys who don't have that magical power to, to just magically break him. And we've seen him play guys that can beat, including Joel Embiid himself. We've seen him do it. Uh, granted, it was in summer pickup runs, but still, we've seen him physically get back down by Joel Embiid. So the injury thing, I'm totally out on. Absolutely and totally out on. Let's talk about Kathy Johnson. Kathy Johnson, 50th overall pick in 2023, small ball, four, five. Uh, he shot 48% on spot-up attempts, which was good. Uh, really good in transition. Excellent on cuts. Incredible cutter. Understands the timing of when to cut, understands how to get behind the defense, uh, and just has the overall, Catch radius, if you want to use a football term, to to catch lob passes uh, and 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 make the defense pay. And then you have the Kansas State version of Kenneth a. Johnson, that saw him shoot forty five percent on catch and shoot looks and really improve his three point shot. Hopefully that that translates to the NBA. Shot sixty four percent at the rim. Really good defender in the pick and roll. Really good defender uh, in isolation. Uh, the ability with his strength and, and athleticism to fight through screens helps him as a defender. He brings energy each and every night. He brings juice to this team and he will be another two-way contract darling. But the roster is getting crowded and crowder and crowded-er, crowdeder? Is that a word? More and more crowded, I guess would be the technical way to say that. More and more crowded to where converting these two-way contracts are going to get harder and harder. But I really like what Kathy Johnson does on the basketball floor. And I think that the Thunder have shown a willingness to play these guys and he'll be another one in line to get minutes on a two-way contract. So let's talk roster bubble coming up, including some of the new names who were new additions this offseason, but are already on the roster bubble. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder basketball. Folks, that was another edition. Again, traded with Casey Wallace for the 12th pick. Seven-year veteran, shot 40% from three, uh, limited defensively, but can shoot long-range threes and, sp- and space the floor, good at coming off screens. And minutes-wise, he- he'll look more so at, at best like a Muscala Sarch type of role. However, if you're just tuning back in, big thing to note here is that the Thunder have to play him in less than 75% of games so OKC can move on from him this summer for $5 million instead of $16 million. So keep that in mind uh, as we move forward. Jack White, the Thunder signed him this summer to a standard contract. It's not gonna guarantee him a roster spot. He plays with pure hustle and and, and, and energy. You love that. He's a typical Thundery guy, good cutter, good switcher, good athlete, small ball five, four, kind of tweener guy. Uh, But ultimately, a very redundant role and a contract that while it is a standard contract in nature, is insanely easy to cut before the season begins, even though he just signed it in the summer. Victor Ledipo, injured, acquired for second round picks. We'll talk about him moving on. The roster bubble. So I listed off 21 names at the start of the show that are on this Thunder roster. The Thunder have to cut three of those names uh, who are on standard contracts. So of that entire group I just listed, they've got to cut three names that are not Lindy Waters, Canthy Johnson, or Olivier Saar. Those three are on two-way deals. They do not count against this number. So who's on the roster bubble? Who could possibly get cut? So the names that I've compiled who I would not be stunned to see get cut. Victor Oladipo, Jack White, Jeremiah Romitsunurl, Trey Mann, Davis Bertans. Of those five names, you've got to cut three of them. And when I say cut, that is an umbrella term for move on from. We saw last year, the Thunder had a, a plethora of cuts to make. They swapped their cut guys with Houston's cut guys in order to make it cheaper financially to cut guys. It, this term cut is an umbrella term for they will not be on the roster on opening night. So the players on that, on that bubble list who I think are safe, I think Dallas Breton is safe because the Thunder have always had a veteran big man, and that's a lot of money to move on from right now. To where I think that they they will just manage his games played and he'll be on the roster. The players who I think could play themselves off the bubble are Trey Mann and Jeremiah Rempson Earl. I think that the Thunder would prefer to keep them. They've invested a first round pick in Mann and, and then traded up to go get Jeremiah Remsenerl, Earl, and they love Jerry. They love his his leadership and what he brings. Especially off the court, but also he can still be a really good role player on the court. I know people have soured on JRE, but I think that they've gone too far on souring on JRE. But it's a hard path to to find to keep both of them. Uh, So that's going to be really, really difficult. But with a strong training camp and a strong preseason, they could play their way off the bubble. Jack White technically could, because if the other guys on this bubble list are just playing terribly at least you can count on Jack White to to bring you energy and bring you hustle and bring you uh, consistency. Like he's a very stable player. Uh, I think that he's a high floor, low ceiling kind of player. And then you could make the argument that Victor could stay around because uh, of his salary. That's a common idea of like his salary for the sake of trades, but there's nothing he can really do right to prove that in training camp. So I don't want really to put him in this category because He's hurt. So, like, he's not going to prove in training camp that like you, you should keep him around for salary reasons. It'll just be a it'll just be a thought process at that point. It'll be purely about your philosophy on if they should or shouldn't keep him for trading reasons. So my roster projection ahead of training camp, which starts next week. So we'll do this right now. We'll do this at the middle of training camp, and then we'll see how that's changing throughout training camp, and we'll see what the Thunder decide to do um, at the end of training camp. Right now, I have Victor Ladipo, being gone, Jack white being gone. And it comes down to Trey man or Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I think that Trey man is sneaky to watch out for because I would guess that trading him to a team in need of a guard that, that has an easier path to to sustainable minutes for him would be beneficial to both sides. It'd be doing the right thing by Trey, getting him to a situation where uh, he for sure can play a lot and show that he's a really good NBA player, and it helps the Thunder uh, get to that third player. But ultimately, I'm still going to predict Jeremiah Robinson Earl. So Victor, Jack White, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Those are the three that I have gone. Let me know who your three are down below on YouTube, where you should subscribe uh, and like, and comment, and everything else. You can also do that for all your favorite podcasting platforms and leave a review, uh, and follow me on Twitter at, Ryland underscore at, at Rylan underscore Styles. that's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Folks, we're going to hear from Sam Presti this week. You're going to have a lot of great guests on this week and next week because we continue to roll out our season preview content, so you are not going to want to miss it. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe across all podcasting platforms and on Twitter, and go to thunderousintentions.com. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one.